Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, so excited to be here on this Wealth Wellness Wednesday with two sisters. Um, my name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. And I am a time zone challenge. And I um, admitting full, you know, throttle here. I messed up the time with my sister, not with the guests. So I guess that's a good thing. But in any event, she, Carol Sue is definitely going to try to make it on. So I do apologize for that. And I apologize to my sister. Sorry, please forgive me. Anyways, we have, um, I'm so excited. You know, when I met with this guest, her name is Vanessa, and I'm going to do a proper introduction here. I was so taken aback that, wow, what she has accomplished, in my opinion, in, in a short amount of time, of course, it took years to develop, but let me just go ahead and introduce her. I am so excited to welcome to the Two Sisters podcast family, Vanessa Nixon. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you on today. Well, thank you so much for having me here. I'm delighted to be here with you. Well, thank you so much for that. You know, when we chatted, Obviously, I was very taken uh, with your bio because you've done so much in your specific field, but in a way um, that felt not only good to you, but that you encompass this type of living. And I'm just excited. And in some respects, I don't know where to begin. So I'm going to start with your new product line with your makeup. If you can fill us in on what's going on with that, how that started, like what for you um, said, I got to start this, this project here. Absolutely. Yes. Well, it's, it's not exactly new. It's, it's been around for quite a while, but I would love to talk about it. Um, it actually started about um, 25 years ago or so um, with my own healing journey. Um, and that is that I had been chronically ill for many years um, as a teenager and young adult. And um, what turned that around was that I discovered herbal medicine. And we can go more into that later, um, what that journey actually was. But <clears throat> um, what, what came out of it was that I um, discovered this um, this love of herbal medicine and how effective it was for me and my, my friends and family. And so I started studying it. I, I went to, um, I, I found a mentor. I studied for two years with her and I was in my mid twenties at that time. And I wasn't really feeling like I wanted to be responsible for other people's health. So I didn't necessarily want to be an herbalist at that time, but I wanted to do something with that knowledge. And so I started a company making herbal handcrafted soaps. And then I went into skincare products, body care, face care. And I sold at the local farmer's market for a total of about nine years. And in the last few years, I had built up a pretty steady, loyal clientele. And I realized that they were often at, saying to me, you know, you've got the whole range of products and we love them. You've got the soap, the skincare, the face care, but what about a natural makeup line? Hmm. 
at the time there were not very many around and there were definitely not very many that were really pure and clean and healthy. And um, so I didn't really have any recommendations for my clients. And so I took about a year um, of research and development and I had really wanted to create an herbal line of makeup because I was an herbalist. Um, however, I realized that there were some limitations with that. I would have to use preservatives if you use plants or plant oils or anything that's derived from plants, you need a preservative. And at the time, um, I, I thoroughly researched natural preservatives and I could not find any that met my standards. So um, I went back to the drawing board and what I found was that if I used all natural minerals, then I wouldn't need to deal with the preservative issue because minerals are inorganic components and they cannot harbor fungi or bacteria. And so um, they're inert and they don't need to be preserved. They will last indefinitely. And um, so I started studying minerals and how to uh, create a mineral makeup line. And I came out with this line in, um, I think it was 2003, when I initially came out with the line. And um, within six months, it became 90% of my sales. It was just incredible how well it was received. And so I took that opportunity to streamline my product line and I just focused on the mineral makeup from, from then on. Wow. Um, again, blown away. And I know that we talked about that beforehand, but you know, really hearing it again in, it made me think of so many different questions that I want to ask you. And I want to just go back a little bit. You had mentioned um, before you started your line, you were doing, you started out with your soaps, you were doing um, different skincare products. When you look, because I know I've gotten this a few times, a few questions, or maybe I've even asked it. When you look for a product of that nature, like when you went to physically make it yourself or have somebody make it for you, what were some of the things that were important to you to put into that pro product? Because I know a lot of times, you know, people say, oh, well, what exactly is in that product? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> for me, it was, it, I was very specific in what I was looking for. Because I had come from a background of having healed myself of chronic illness with natural modalities, and I was learning all about um, not only herbal medicine, but nutrition and homeopathy and, and other natural healing methods, my, um, my, my foundational principle was that when I look for skincare, anything that I'm going to put on my body, I want it to be as pure as anything I would put in my body. So for me, that means all natural. Um, I, I don't want chemicals, I don't want additives, I don't want anything artificial. And so that's the first thing that I look for, no preservatives, no chemicals, no additives, um, and uh, no artificial ingredients. And that includes um, artificial fragrances, artificial dyes and colorants, um, and there's been, 
a lot of scientific research around those kinds of ingredients. Mm -hmm. And we know that they do cause um, a, a, a variety of health um, problems. It's not just that, you know, I want my skincare to be natural. Um, there are very severe health concerns that can arise from using artificial fragrances or artificial colorants or preservatives. So that's, you know, at, that's the foundational level. That, that's um, a, a deal breaker for me in, in skincare. And so uh, the next thing, having, having studied um, herbal medicine, having studied nutrition, um, I'm very familiar with natural ingredients. And so when I look at the label, I wanna recognize what's in the ingredient list. <laughs> if I don't recognize it, then that's a warning flag for me. It's not necessarily a de deal breaker because you know nobody knows all of you know the ingredients out there, um, and there are always new um, new types of natural ingredients that people are starting to use in different ways. So um, you know I might not recognize everything right away on an ingredient list, but I want to be able to look it up and know what it is and, um, you know, and not have to, you know, do a bunch of research and realize that, oh, this is actually uh, a man-made chemical. Um, mm. So I want to be able to recognize the ingredients. That's the second thing. Um, and then the third thing, um, having done a lot of research in skincare, I want to know that the ingredients are not only natural and pure and ideally organic, um, but also that they're actually good for your skin. You know, just because something's natural doesn't necessarily mean it's good for your skin. Um, and everybody's skin is unique. And so, um, you know, because I know my skin type, I know what, um, what, in, what things that my body works best with, um, you know, then I can look for those things. And so it's important that you are in touch with your body it's important that you listen to the messages that your body is sending you. That's actually one of the key components that um, I, uh, when I work with women, I work with them on really um, connecting with their intuition so that they can hear the messages that their body is sending you. And you know, if your skin doesn't like something, it's gonna tell you, <laughs> it's gonna send you the message. And if you're listening, you'll hear it before it gets severe. <laughs> Because right. those messages will come in more and more clearly if you don't listen to them. <laughs> right. And, you know, first of all, thank you for sharing that because that is such valuable information because I, I don't think enough people um, or women specifically take the time, you know, because we're the caregivers of everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we don't take the time to read the ingredients I try to be very, very mindful of that because I have a non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So I tend to shy away from obviously products that have gluten in them. Mm -hmm. Some products I can get away with, but that just goes to show you, um, for instance, if, you know, somebody picks up, um, you know, a product and, you know, is reading the label and doesn't, cannot pronounce a word or it's like, what kind of word is this? Is this actually an English word? Like what is, 
Like if I don't recognize the word, if I can't even pronounce it, chances are it's not going to be good for you. But, you know, doing your due diligence and looking up the information on those things is really vitally important. I want to go back again to, um, I know you've, you've mentioned that you had a chronic illness and that obviously led you on such a different path. And I'm wondering if you, if you would like to share with us, um, not specifically, you know, and obviously you don't have to get into particulars, but um, I think it's important, um, you know, you, you had whatever illness it was and you did something about that. You obviously got to a point where it was either you cured yourself or you, you're in a much better, healthier place. So if you can share with us, Absolutely. obviously how you went about doing that. Absolutely, yes. Um, well, I, I'm happy to, um, to talk about that. Um, I uh, was one of those kids that caught every cold that came around when I was young. And by the time I was 14, 15, um, every cold that I caught would go down to my chest and develop into bronchitis. And that process of catching a cold, developing bronchitis and recovering was about an eight week process each time. And I was going through that four to six times a year. So doing the math, you could see I was sick all the time, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, so my mother was a nurse. And so, um, you know, we were pretty uh, deeply entrenched in, into the medical model. And I was put on antibiotics every time I got sick. And by the time I was um, in my late teens, early 20s, I was taking, I was prescribed daily antibiotics for years. Wow. Daily antibiotics. So, um, you know, if you're, I'm sure you're familiar with what that does to your uh, gut flora and your gut health. And um, so my immune system was just completely decimated. And I, uh, my health was just in a downward spiral. Um, and it was about, um, I think in my early 20s, maybe when I was 22 or so, um, it was the first time somebody had asked me this particular question. Um, a friend of mine noticed that I was taking daily antibiotics and he had asked me why and I told him the story. And then he asked the question, is it helping? Mm. Nobody had ever asked me that in about six or seven years of chronic illness. Nobody had ever asked me if the treatment was helping. And I had never asked myself that question. I, I didn't even know that there were, were any other options. I didn't know that the, you know, there were other possibilities. I was just doing what I was told to do. And I didn't stop to consider, you know, is this a right, right course of action here? So that question really um, enabled me to pause and open myself to thinking about other possibilities. Because, when, because the answer was no, it's not helping. 
And so that brought on a series of other questions in my mind that came up for the first time. Well, if this isn't helping, is there something else that will help? Are there other options? Is there another way to treat this? Um, by that time, I didn't even really remember what it was like to feel well because I was sick all the time. I was tired all the time. It was impacting um, my schoolwork. It was impacting my, my work life, my home life, um, my social life. I was just tired and sick all the time and I didn't want to do anything. I didn't have the energy to do anything else. And I felt that way for so long that I was just in this cycle and I, you know, couldn't get out of it. And um, so my friend said, well, I see an herbalist when I get sick and I can introduce you if you'd like. And sure enough, in a week or two, I was sick again and I went to see the herbalist and um, she, she gave me a, uh, an herbal formula uh, for respiratory illness and I was well in two weeks. That had never happened before. My, 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 my uh, recovery time went from eight weeks to two weeks. The first time that I tried herbal medicine and I was astonished. I was blown away um, and um, I was just hooked. At that point, I needed to know what this was. I had never heard of herbal medicine before. I didn't really know what it was, but if it worked this well, then I wanted to know about it. And that was what sparked my lifelong study of natural remedies, natural living, how to create health for yourself and how to feel confident in knowing that you can do that. Wow. You know, I was getting the chills thinking about that because what I was feeling for you that you had mentioned your friend had asked you, is it helping? Such a simple question. It's like, why, did, why didn't anybody to that point, your medical providers or whomever it was, not ask that question? And, you know, we all know that there's differences with Eastern medicine, Western, whatever, but such a simple question, but your status quo, your normal for quite a number of years was cold, sick recovery, cold, cold bronchitis recovery, cold bronchitis recovery. And of course that was exhausting. And I'm just, I'm kind of blown away by that. So your status quo I want to call it that it was warped, but you did something about it in hindsight or, you know, kudos to your friend that specifically asked you that question. You go to this herbalist within two weeks, you feel that much better. That sparks a curiosity in you. And that is, that blows me away. Yes, it blew me away. <laughs> It absolutely blew me away. And I was like a sponge after that. It was like, I want to know everything because this is, this is a part of life that I'd never been exposed to. And I didn't even know existed. And just that was exciting that, you know, if, if I didn't know about this, you know, what else is out there <laughs> that I don't know about, you mm -hmm. know, how else can I take care of myself so that I don't ever find myself 
in that same situation, that downward spiral where I'm feeling like I, there's nothing I can do about it and I don't have any choices. My sister's popping on. Oh my gosh, this is great. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> we'll just wait for her um, for a minute to pop on there and she's coming up. <laughs> Hey, Kasu, welcome to the Tuesday. Sorry about that. I was getting all messed up with the time now. No, that, that was me. I explained to Vanessa that I was time challenged today and I missed the whole time up. So I'm just going to do a, a quick recap for Carol Sue. Sure. Um, what an amazing journey for Vanessa. Vanessa, I think you have to tell it in your own words. She was just explaining that for so many years, she would get a cold would turn into bronchitis mm. and she'd have um, another quite a few weeks of recovery. And this, you said, Vanessa, six to eight years. And that was when you were a teen. Fast forward to her twenties. She was on a daily antibiotic for about six or seven years. Correct. The, the daily antibiotics was about two or three years before okay. that it was sporadic, but yes. And then one friend said to her, because here she is chronically ill, exhausted, and then said, um, is it helping? That one question sparked her to see this herbalist. And here she is, you know, she developed, you developed your own line um, initially of um, the skincare products. And now fast forward, um, your amazing, um, all natural mineral makeup. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> now, was there, was there a correlation with you being ill and uh, makeup or it's, was it really, and, and skincare or was it really directed towards you really found that you decide to go uh, naturopathic for dealing with your cold or whatever and say, Hey, let me expand this to also skincare and makeup. Yeah. What the, the, the connection for me was that, um, once I tried herbal medicine and found that it, it worked so much better for me and my health actually improved, I wanted to know everything there was to know about natural health, uh, herbal medicine, um, nutritional healing, and then later homeopathy. And then later I um, got my diploma as a traditional naturopath. But at that time, I, I, I found a mentor and I studied herbal medicine for two years. And um, I was in my mid twenties at that time. And I, I didn't feel like I wanted to be responsible for other people's health. So I didn't want to use my herbal education in that way, but I wanted to use it in some way. And so I uh, started a company making handcrafted herbal soaps and expanded into skincare from there and facial care. And then it was actually my customers. It was my, my clientele that kept asking me for natural makeup. And that's when I took some time to research it and found that the, the best way that I could serve that market and make sure that my makeup line, my cosmetics were completely natural and completely healthy. And the purest that I could find um, would be to go all mineral. And, um, and so I developed the mineral makeup line from there. 
Uh, that's amazing. And curious with obviously being as a mineral line and an herbal line, you know, with using different types of natural ingredients, we know shelf life is a must for certain product lines, but we also know the bad thing to shelf life is chemicals because that's what really uh, makes the shelf life become what it is uh, through an unnatural, unhealthy aspect. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you? Right. So that was the, that was the critical distinction for me uh, in deciding to go with minerals because as an herbalist, I wanted to create an herbal makeup. That was my goal. But you know what, what I realized was what you just said was that I would need preservatives in order right. to have a stable shelf life and make sure that my products are safe. And in my research, what I discovered was that minerals are inert. They're inorganic compounds. They cannot harbor bacteria or fungi. So they have an indefinite shelf life. They don't need preservatives. They don't need chemicals. And that's why I decided to go with an all mineral line instead of having an herbal line or a line that includes some plant ingredients and some minerals. I just went all right. mineral and then I don't even have to worry about the preservative issue. Wow. Ingenious. That's awesome. Because to me, that is, you know, there, there are so many, you're, you're seeing so many different avenues of the beauty industry. Uh, I actually just heard of uh, an all, uh, it's an all organic facility, like for, for dyeing your hair. I'm like, well, how's that going to work? Uh, so I've had some interesting conversations, but people are understanding that in addition to more organic or healthier products from a from a cleaning perspective, uh, you know that we do ingest and and makeup is absorbed, um, and we have to be careful of what we put on our skin. Absolutely, because a lot of people will get irritants or rashes, and they may associate it necessarily with food, but they're forgetting you can't get away from it. It's you know it's in the air, but we can do our due diligence for what we put on our skin. So I absolutely love that idea. Yes, it's and and that was uh, that was one of the reasons that I developed this at, because as I was studying um, natural health, I realized just how much we do absorb and how important it is um, that we make sure what we put on our skin is just as pure and healthy as what we put in our bodies. What what would be one of the best ingredients that through all your research that you've been, that you found has been versatile uh, because it, besides being, you know, that it's mineral based, you're also, you know, talking about colors and tones and creams versus powders. Right. I would imagine, is there one particular ingredient that you say, wow, once I found this particular mineral, I didn't realize how versatile it was. Um, that's an interesting question. Um, my, my focus was number one on making my line really pure, um, as pure as I could, as healthy as I could, and as simple as I could. So I wanted to make sure that I had a small ingredient list that you know every ingredient that I chose would have multiple purposes. Um, and so I just um, decided that I would only use um, titanium dioxide as a base, and there, um, that needs a little explanation, which I'll go into, um, micas and iron oxides. 
Uh, those are all natural minerals. Um, they are, um, they go through a process in order to be called cosmetic grade. So any mineral that is used in mineral makeup will be processed to clean out any um, contaminants, any heavy metals, anything like that. Um, I also paid particular attention to sourcing these and the countries that they come from because a lot of minerals out there that are used in other mineral makeup lines come from places like China where they don't have the same kind of regulatory processes. Um, India, you know, countries that uh, just have not developed the same kind of regulations around ingredients. Um, and so it's really hard to know from some countries what's actually in the product. So I source, uh, you know, that was like the second most important thing to me is making sure that I could trust my sources, you know, find really reputable sources. Sure. Um, so those are the only three ingredients that I use in my mineral line. The titanium dioxide is the base and it provides the coverage. Um, it provides the adhesion so that the makeup stays on, it's long lasting. Um, and it helps blend all of the other colors together. Now, the, the controversy here comes in two ways. Number one, there was some research done, um, I think it was about 20 years ago on titanium dioxide. And it cited a lot of times um, in, a, in an erroneous way. Um, because there are a lot of people out there saying titanium dioxide is not a good ingredient, it's not healthy. And it all comes back to this one study where researchers used mice and they put a tube directly into their lungs and they pumped titanium dioxide into their lungs eight hours a day, every day for two years. Now, the average lifespan of a mouse is two years. So that's their entire life. They are getting titanium dioxide pumped into their lungs um, and it bypassed the regular um, protective mechanisms that animals and people have to, you know, to, to clear things out of your right, airway. To filter, to filter, yeah. To filter, yes. And um, so obviously the mice ended up with lung issues. Um, and so based on that study, um, titanium dioxide is now listed as a potentially carcinogenic um, ingredient. However, if, if we pumped titanium dioxide into our lungs for our entire lives, it would be carcinogenic. We would develop lung cancer eventually <laughs> because, you know, we're not supposed to have particles pumped into our lungs every day, eight hours a day. So... Um, so th that is the controversy over titanium dioxide. When it's used properly, it's been used for thousands of years with no problems um, at all. And it actually um, can have slightly anti-inflammatory actions on the skin. So it actually can be good for the skin. It is also the number one best natural full spectrum sunblock that there is. Um, and so it provides that function as well in the makeup. Yeah, I'm gonna have to double check because I think the, um, now that you mentioned that, um, I believe that ingredient is um, 
in the the um, sunblock that I use. And I remember, I remember the dermatologist talking about that specifically, and, and they said the zinc oxide and, and those kinds of oxides, mm-hmm. uh, people get they're too focused on the SPF and not that. And that's yeah. what you really want because it is right. a, it's a great uh, source to block out the uh, bad rays. So that's good to know. Right, right. And I, I was considering using zinc oxide as well yeah. in my makeup, but um, I had several people that I was um, that had offered to test my products. And a couple of them actually reacted to the zinc oxide. And so I just, you know, anything that I tried that people reacted to, I automatically said, nope, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna search further. We're gonna look for something that's, that's more pure. Um, and so I decided not to include the zinc oxide, but that is another great ingredient right. and a great mineral right. to use um, for sunblock. Um, And so the other controversy that I just want to mention that's really important that people, a lot of people don't understand, especially when it comes to makeup, is that um, when you're using these natural components like titanium dioxide and zinc oxide, um, they are white in color. They're pretty opaque and that's what gives them um, a really good coverage. Um, in in a makeup product. Um, However, it's hard to get really dark shades when you have a base that's white. (laughs) And so what a lot of companies have turned to is using those minerals in their their micronized form, which is using nanotechnology. So they're using nanoparticles in their makeup. And I don't know if you're familiar with nanotechnology. I am very well, very much so. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of controversy around this. There's a, um, it's fairly new technology, but what we do know is that um, it creates particles that are so small that it can be absorbed into the skin. Um, and there's another um, warning here. When, you're, when you are using a, an ingredient that is a sunblock, like titanium dioxide or, or iron, or um, um, uh, um, zinc oxide, um, yes. and you, which is a sunblock, when you, when you micronize it, when you use nanotechnology, it becomes an absorber. So instead of blocking the sun's rays and reflecting them, it absorbs the sun rays. And then because it's micronized, it goes into the body. Right. And we don't really have the research yet to know what kind of um, damage that can cause. And so that's a a huge risk in in my mind to be including that kind of product, um, especially that's going to absorb the the sun's rays and then bring them into your body. I that that was that was my third criteria is no nano particles, and that's that's something that you don't have to list legally on the ingredient list of a product. You don't have to say whether you're using nanotechnology. So when you are using sunscreens, uh, cosmetics, any kind of skincare product that includes minerals, you have to actually ask the company and get a response from them in order to know whether they use nanoparticles or not. Very interesting. 
Yeah, so that's another another thing that, you know, when you're doing your due diligence out there, selecting cosmetics and skincare products is if it has minerals, then you have to do a little bit more research and figure out whether or not this company uses nanoparticles. And I have to say, um, most mineral makeups do use them because they want to achieve darker shades, darker skin right. shades. Right. Um, I don't do that because I don't want to use nanotechnology. So there's, there's no nanoparticles in any of my products. Wow. Such yeah. great information and really a, an educational part of really learning more about the products that we use on our skin and whatnot. I have a question. Where does the color come from? Like how? Yeah, that's a great question. So the color comes from the iron oxides. Iron oxides are come in, in various shades, you know, black and, um, and red and yellows and maroons. And um, so these provide the colors. And then mica, which is colorless in its natural state, um, it's often coated with colorants. And so again, most mineral makeup companies use micas that are coated with FDNC colorants and lakes and artificial dyes. So even if you are choosing um, an all mineral line, it doesn't mean that it's all natural because most of them are using these artificial colorants which are coated onto the mica. So that's another level of um, research that I had to do when I was sourcing products is find out who was providing micas that were only coated with iron oxides, which are the natural colors. So between the iron oxides themselves and then the micas that are then coated with various iron oxides, you get a full range of colors. And then what I do is basically like um, a chef or, you know, I create recipes of blending these different ingredients together to create even more shades. And I have um, about um, between the foundation shades and then the multi-purpose colors, I have about 70 different shades in my wow. makeup line. Wow, 70 different shades, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's a full range of color. And that's that's what's so amazing. You know, you can use completely natural ingredients, completely pure, simple, healthy ingredients, and still create a full range of colors. It's a recipe for such a great, not only a makeup line, but more of a, oh, I don't know how I'm trying to describe it. Just almost like, you know, cooking something you're you're making something with all natural ingredients it's and the word organic as we've discussed doesn't necessarily mean as you said like sometimes they put different things in that shouldn't be in there so we had chatted earlier and i think it was before carol sue came on about reading um the labels and how important that is especially especially if you have a lot of skin sensitivity issues absolutely absolutely 
Yes, and and here there's also there um, there are two different meanings for the word organic. You know, we we are most uh, commonly hearing organic used as um, you know how you grow a, a plant, either organically or conventionally. But with minerals, we're talking about it as a component, either something in the world is an organic being or an inorganic being, you know, whereas rocks and minerals are inorganic, they're inert, um, you know, they're, um, and then plants and people, you know, we are organic substances. <laughs> so there's two different meanings for that word. So when you're looking at skincare, um, you need to know that, that there are two different meanings for that word. Wow, sorry about that. Um, there was some noise going on outside. I just wanted to make sure we were clear of that. Um, you know, this has been such an amazing conversation. And Carol, so I can't wait for you to hear, um, you know, listen to the first part of it. Um, we would definitely love to have you back on again. Can you tell our viewers and listeners um, how they can view um, your product line? Absolutely, absolutely. So my mineral makeup can be found at my website at herbsofgrace.com. And the brand name is Natural Look Mineral Makeup. So you can also find it at naturallookmineralmakeup.com. Um, and then my, as a traditional naturopath, I have a separate website um, for that, which is herbsofgracehealingarts.com. Wonderful. Well, we can't thank you enough for being on today. Um, and to, obviously today is Wealth Wellness Wednesday, and I'm going to turn it over to Carol Sue, because um, this is one of her favorite days to just remind us all about Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Absolutely. Thanks, Jan. Uh, Wealth Wellness Wednesday is all about mindset. It's all having that healthy relationship with money. And it really starts with kind of started out with a lot of uh, entrepreneurship type of mindset, but it also does not uh, negate that brick and mortar person. It really is about paying it forward to an unsuspecting person. So this is not, it's a financial exchange with somebody not that you would normally do it. So I'm not talking about you donating to your favorite charity, uh, loaning your neighbor or your relative money. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about really just putting that energy out there, put it out in the universe to spread kindness and help other people with a financial exchange of someone that is not expecting it. So what does that mean? How you can do that? How you can impact the world? Uh, you know, you can go to your local Walmart. We've been hearing nonstop about uh, shortages within baby formula, you know, cat food, dog food. You've got a lot of people that, you know, they're pets of their children. Or you may just want to impact somebody that just wants to buy that loaf of bread or buying that gas uh, at the pump, whatever it may be. You just take a bill and it has nothing to do about the actual financial exchange from a monetary standpoint. It doesn't matter whether it's a dollar bill, five dollar bills, whatever you can give. And you're going to place it in such a spot that an unsuspecting person is going to find it. So imagine just opening up that box of diapers or having a, a bill taped to a box of formula or, or, or a jar of formula, a can of formula, however it comes. Or maybe it could be, again, in the cat food aisle. Maybe you actually go to the gas station and where you put your credit card in there, you see a bill folded up nice and neatly like a credit card. And that feeling of goodness and saying, wow, somebody thought enough to pay financially forward to me. Gosh, I'm going to do the same for somebody else. And you start that momentum, you start that action, and you start putting it out in the universe. 
and understand that the more money that you can have, the more that you can impact people. Uh, you know, wouldn't it be nice to just, you know, you find out that that church has got an issue and you can write that check out and not think twice about it. So it's all about the mindset and putting it out to the universe because there is a more than enough plentiful to, to go out in the world, in the universe. You just got to put it out there. You got to put that mindset out there. So, but you also may be helping somebody change the direction of their day. Maybe you have someone that finally found that canister of formula and realize that now that they've jacked up the price $5 or $10 more, now you've may impacted them in such a way that you would have never thought of. And that will lead an everlasting feeling of, of goodness in their heart. And they're going to pay it forward to somebody else. So that's what all Wealth Wellness Wednesday is all about. So we hope everyone participates that, in that and really spread that goodness around with everyone. We were super excited. I'm pumped to start this uh, Zoom from the beginning so I can see everything I missed. I apologize just with those time changes. I got a little messed up myself, but you know what? We overcome that. We still keep keep the train of two sisters going, whether one of us is on or whether both of us are on. And we, we so appreciate, Vanessa, that you really showed your passion, shared your heart, and really came and created a product that uh, is not only going to make people look good, but knowing that they're putting a good quality makeup skincare line on themselves, which is so important. And we have to really get back to really reading labels. And it's really, really educating ourselves on what is a good product and what is not. And understand that something may be a little bit cheaper, but it may have some everlasting effects that are long lasting that you don't want. So I, I love that. Thank you so much. And we, we definitely would look forward to having uh, having you on again. And with that, this is Carol Sue, a.k.a. Naughty Bus, live with two sisters. Hey, hello again, everyone. Thank you so much. Yes, I am time uh, zone challenge, but this is Janice, a.k.a. Wellness Diva 5.0. And we will see you tomorrow. And hopefully I will not be time zone challenged. Have a great day, everyone. Take care. Bye. Thank you again, Vanessa. Thank you.